Hello, everyone. My name is Brad Huddleston. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule wherever you are in the world with all of the various time zones in it here in the U.S. on the East Coast where we are. It is just after 10 a.m. in the morning, and I am being joined by a, a very special man in my life, a friend to me. Um, his name is Kasi Karstens. Many of you in South Africa will absolutely know who he is. Kasi, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. Great to be with you, Brad. You know, it is uh, so good to see you, Kasi. It's, it's been a while. Uh, just to set this up a little bit, Kasi is um, with The World Needs a Father, and um, we're going to talk all about that today. If there's ever a need in our in our world uh, with all of the broken homes, it's to learn how to uh, bring a father into the home. And so we're going to talk about that today, but I just want to say what this man has done. People in, in our circles here, Kasi, will have seen pictures on social media and on our website of me preaching these exotic places like Sri Lanka and South Africa and Indonesia. And uh, it's because of your influence and you invited me and I had already been coming to South Africa, but you uh, invited me to speak at a conference sometime back and the invitations just kept coming and God organized through you for me to go into a lot of places to get the digital cocaine message out there. And so I'm so grateful to you. So what I wanted to do through this podcast, because there are people in my circles, as I mentioned to you off camera, who really need to know you and know who you are and what the and what your organization is all about. So introduce yourself just a little bit more, if you would, and just tell us uh, what goes on at The World Needs a Father. And you're coming to us, by the way, from South Africa right now. Yeah. yeah, and I love it that you call South Africa exotic place. I will tell my wife that she will feel much better about it. <laughs> well, from the American mindset, from most Americans don't even know there are other countries, so everywhere outside of here is exotic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm I'm someone that that's really concerned about the fatherless condition of this world. And it happened actually um, in 2002 with a visit to a refugee camp where I was exposed to the horrific um, slaughtering of human beings uh, due to the fact that Africa is as fatherless as it is. And then God called me to do something about it. So um, that's why um, I'm just busy trying to uh, wake up people to this issue of fatherlessness and the detrimental impact of being deprived of a father. So that's why I am. Well, Kasi, it's it's a daunting task. Let's talk about fatherlessness. How bad is the problem? I mean, the statistics of divorce in my country, uh, it, it's just off the charts, and so many kids who grew up without a father. How do you, I mean, we're not talking about obviously trying to find men for women to marry. Uh, we're trying to... Uh, you know, find obviously a, a proxy, a substitute. Obviously, the the ultimate heavenly father is what we ultimately want to introduce people to. But how do you go about making sure that children and those who need a father have that figure in their lives? Yeah, let me just, because I, I see almost two questions in, in one here. The one is the condition of fatherlessness. Now, I, I think people, for instance, they look at um, divorce, for instance, they look at those that grow up without their biological father. But I think if we want to gauge the, the ravage of this issue, then we got to look at the, uh, at the detrimental impact of fatherlessness on society. But specifically in our context, in, in South Africa, for instance, 
we can give figures like only 29% of, for instance, the black population have their biological fathers with them. So uh, average in South Africa overall, it is uh, 67% grow up without their biological father. So, so those statistics are, are huge. But, but I think this is not the place to really um, get drawn into the issue. That, that I think we got to look at the impact on leadership, for instance. Uh, how does it show up in leadership? How does it show up in people carrying a false self-concept, for instance, or having a very bad self-worth concept? And all the social detrimental impact that you see in drug abuse and, uh, you know, violence and, and teenage pregnancy and all of the rest. So, so we go to look at the whole frame to see the impact of fatherlessness. That, that's the first thing. I, I think if we only look at those without a biological father, we are minimizing the, the, the problem. The problem is absolutely enormous and it shows up everywhere. So nowadays people struggle, for instance, they struggle with discipline at school. And you say, so what is the main reason for that? And I say the main reason for that could be the eyes of a mother looking at her husband. Hmm. So no one is addressing that. You, you understand, for instance, hmm. that honor and respect that you have at home demonstrated by father and mother in the relationship. And, and, and then, and because if, if those eyes would be, um, you know, haughty or, or disrespectful or something like this, then obviously that disrespect carries over to the child, for instance. And the same vice versa from, from, from father to mother. But, but so the absence there. So, so we must look at other places, at other um, evidences of a father-deprived world. That's the first thing. And if we don't do that, we are minimizing the, the problem. The problem is enormous. I'm absolutely convinced it's the biggest problem of this world. And I can now understand why the Bible says that God is the God of the fatherless. Because I think uh, that, that God has this as a very high priority on, on his heart. So that's the first part of your question. The second part of your question that refers to what do we do if someone grows up without a biological father? Now, in this case, um, I come from a faith community. I'm a Christian following Jesus. And, and I believe that the church has to, has to restructure completely and, and that we simply have to accommodate everyone attending the church so that at least in the church environment, in the faith environment, that one could say, listen, there are people that are absolutely available for those that do not have fathers, which means a substitute father in the sense that the mother of that child would then, uh, obviously, the, the wife of this male figure that would be the substitute father must converse with the mother of the child and come to an agreement that this person would also father her children in obviously appropriate way. And we have guidelines for that, for instance, but that there would be no one that says, I do not have a male figure in my life uh, guiding me, helping me, inspiring me uh, into life. And, and, and the reason for that is if you do not have that and you don't see a father at home, then uh, you don't see the interaction between father and mother. So you don't see what a husband looks like, for instance. And that's detrimental for the girls and for the boys, because if they don't see it, how can they make a marriage one day? There's, there's no role modeling of that. Um, but on the other hand, you also don't see that, that father relationship, that father-child relationship that we should, um, 
you know, have in future. So they are left clueless of what the future would hold on concerning family life. And can I just say this? Someone the other day said to me, the biggest problem of this world now is we're not living in a post-Christian world. We're living in a post-family world. And when the person said that, I just thought, man, that's, uh, that is capturing the issue so brilliantly because that is the problem. A post-family world is completely destructive for society. And that's why I'm so eager to do something about it with you as my partner. In this. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, you know, it reminds me the here in America, much was made about the Black Lives Matter movement where right on their website, their agenda was to destroy the nuclear family because it's somehow it's racist and some of these things to really up in the traditional concept of the family. And so, and they're very serious about doing that. And we're having polyamory and all these laws being changed about marriage. And so the pressure that is coming from the culture, you know, to, to upend and to destroy, uh, if there's ever a time that the, the world needs, the world needs a father, it's now. And that would be you. So, Cassie, what do you do? Uh, pr- let's talk practical. I mean, you have a book, you have training. I've been uh, where you have been doing this training. And by God's grace, I've met you and you have graciously incorporated some of the digital cocaine into your teaching. And I'm honored that you've done that. But on a practical level, if someone were to say, OK, Cassie, we need you in our community. What exactly what, what would you do if you were to come into that community? Because we have to, the, the, the size of the problem is so enormous that we have to address it with a strategy that would um, change the situation. So we always talk about what is the tipping point. So whatever community you have, uh, small, bigger, whether it's a church or whether it's a school or whether it's a community, uh, you, you always take about 28%, I believe, is, about, is, is tipping point. So if everyone talks the same language, and they address the same issues, and they apply things in the same way, then you will change culture. Without that, culture will not be changed. And we know that culture is the strongest force on earth. So, so we've got to change culture. And so we've got to create a new culture, and we've got to push it uphill to the tipping point of 28%. So then I always count the rooftops of the homes and make a calculation of how many fathers we have in a community. And then we try and reach that many fathers with a complete training. And the way to do it is to train trainers to train other fathers because we can't do it ourselves. The task is just too big. So we multiply trainers as far as we can. And, and we can, you see, the problem is, Brad, we, we can run programs and we can do good things But ultimately, nothing will change until we change culture. Now, for instance, in our context, we say if 28% of all the fathers in that community would say, my job is to bring heaven home, and he knows exactly how to do it, then maybe you will have cultural change. And in the next generation or generations to come, they will speak a different language. So that's our approach. Now, that's an enormous approach, but but because it's an enormous approach, much bigger than we could address personally, uh, we want to, you know, get everyone on board and say everyone who's, who has this thing on his heart, written on his heart by the Holy Spirit, we believe, that person must sign up and say, come on, let, let me come with you. Let me take part in this. Let me become part of this because we, we absolutely need a collective effort. Talk about how many countries you are in. I mean, you're having to deal, talking about culture, 
not only are you dealing with the cultural pressures against the family, but you have family dynamics that are different in so many different countries that you have to also understand. But uh, name about how many countries are you in with this program? We are, yeah, at this stage, 101 nations. Yeah, <laughs> there is a there is a big God who really cares about this issue. I mean, that is yeah. un unprecedented and incredible. All right. Well, Kasi, let's talk about your training. Um, what are some of the key things you address as you train trainers to, to perpetuate this around the world? What are they teaching? What are they addressing? Okay. Let me tell you what I'm scared of. I'm scared of a kind of a training that says, do these 10 things and you'll be a great father. I, I, I want a reframing of the mind, a paradigm shift. And the paradigm shift to bring heaven home is Different, there are different things. We now, lately we talk about seven shifts that we try to bring about. So you, you really need a shift of mind before you could have a, a complete transformation of, of how you do your fathering. So the father must shift his mind to, I'm not in the home just to be the provider of the home. I'm in the home for the Christian family. And obviously in the secular context, we apply it a little differently. But in the Christian context, it is to bring moral authority, God's authority in the house. How do we do that? Because if we do not have the shift from a me orientation to a God orientation, nothing permanently will change. Uh, so the moral compass must change. And that is for Christian and for other faith contexts, the moral compass must change. I must not be my own moral compass. That, that, that's the key. And, and so that's a major shift. And then there are other shifts, like, for instance, the values of society, sex, money, power, and self phone. I call the four top values of society. That must change, and we must choose other uh, values and intentionally then apply the other values so that that becomes part and parcel of what we do every day, change our habits, change our, um, uh, you know, the way that we do life, because that's the key. That's Culture is the way we do life. We've got to change the way we do life, which means we've got to give attention to key values. And then, for instance, something like we live in a very individualistic society. That must change. We've got to have communal thinking that will secure your children, specifically when you have a teenager. Who are the people that secure this person to make the right decisions to have the right fruit or outcome in their lives, for instance? So that's, that's one. Then, for instance, the father coming home. How do you come home? What is the what is the right atmosphere? And lately, I read so much about atmosphere and how that determines character. They there are new books written on that character is formed not by the left brain but by the right brain. But how you feel things, how you enjoy things, how you enjoy it within community. So, what is the community that the father must create, which is joyous, which ignites the release of the right neurotransmitters, and and within create an atmosphere that everyone would say, this, this is heaven at home. This, this is where I want to live. And, and then one of the key things, and I'm not mentioning all seven, but very important one, the most important one. How do I, how do I exchange self-love for selfless sacrificial love? Because that's simply the most essential key to unlock heaven for your home, that everyone will live with God's love, which is selfless sacrificial love. Love. And so there are key, very important keys that if we don't apply these keys, we can have all kind of nice ideas on good uh, things for a father to do, but it will not achieve what we want it to achieve. So, so th that gives you a little bit of a taste 
of what we're trying to do. The way you get into the house, the way you see yourself as a father, you know, the God orientation there, the God's love that must, uh, you know, permeate everything that you do and then the right values points and, and other things uh, beyond that. So it's a whole reframing. It's not I'm the provider and when I go home, I must rest. Now, when you go home, your real job starts. This is it. This is it. This is your legacy. Your real job starts. And, and it's amazing, you know, and for my own life and for everyone's life. Once you've made that mind switch, you don't feel like, oh, man, now I go home and I'm so tired and now I have another job to do that. No, no, no. It actually turns the opposite way. It is energizing. It reignites something in you. It invigorates you. You, you go to work because home is the best place ever. You know, so you, you are encouraged and you are enthused. And, and with that, you launch into this world outside the home. So it really brings about a big transformation for people. I was watching you on a, um, another, I think it was a sermon you were preaching somewhere. And uh, the, the church had, had asked you to preach. And as churches do, they give you 40 minutes or whatever it is. It's a very short period of time. And you said, you're very bold. You said, I'm not going to do this with only 40 minutes. I can't do this. And so they, they, they uh, organized you to have other meetings, which I thought was great. The reason I bring that up, Cassie, is not because you're arrogant or really want to hog the pulpit time. It's because you're very thorough. And if there was ever a time that it's going to take time to get through this quagmire of this mess that we have and to untangle it and then let God fix it. It's going to take time. And I appreciated your boldness. It's sort of giving me a boldness now to do the same thing when they gave you, you got your here in America, you know, you got your 21 minutes and don't go a second over. You know, I'm going to be bold now and say, Hey, can't do it in 21 minutes. (laughs) So thank you for that. But you are very, uh, one can be brilliant. One can be brilliant in 21 minutes. I take it. I get it. I, I, but um, for transformation to take place, sometimes you have to rethink things. And then it, the penny has to drop deeper than just your mind, from the awareness to the conversion, as they say. And if you don't move from the awareness to the conversion to knowing what to do out there, no transformation takes place. So I think of lots, uh, a lot of times we stop in churches with awareness. Now, transformation specialists will tell you that would never change people. You've got to go through four phases of, of change before you can really have transformation. And, and sometimes a short time just limits you in that. Amen. Amen. Because, <laughs> see, um, sports has played a big part in this. Uh, I know that, you know, when I was uh, in Indonesia, I know Roy was, was running soccer camps and there was uh, some sort of sports camp down in Florida where we shipped a bunch of our books. Uh, talk about the, the role that sports has played in the world needs a father. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're in a very close partnership. I mean, I've worked with the sports movement for many, many years. I've trained many of the leaders in the sports movement globally. And, 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 and so it's my, it's my passion. Um, uh, but, but what I saw, for instance, in the lives of so many, I can, one guy, for instance, his name is Jorginho. He's maybe too old for people to know, but he was the captain of the Brazilian team that won the World Cup. And he became a good friend. And, and uh, actually, when you listen to his story, he tells you how his father died. And at 12 years old, his life was absolutely in a mess. 
And, and then he met the soccer coach who became his substitute father and how this guy led him. And, 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 and then he had this huge success in life. Uh, ultimately the coach of the Brazilian team and, and many top professional teams and so on. And then he built a center where he grew up. And I was at that center in Brazil. And, and, uh, and it's amazing that he takes about 700 young kids through that center on average every day transforming the lives of so many people. And, and the all is due to one guy that said, I will father uh, this boy. And, and that's why we train coaches to say, uh, I want you to know what fathering coaching means uh, because that can transform the lives of others. Don't focus just on the physical. Look holistically at this person and, and then try and, and, and uh, you know, invest in this person's life. And deposit in his life what is needed on the other levels, not only the physical, but obviously the whole body, soul, spirit thing, the whole um, incumbent of, 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 well, sometimes you call it seven dimensions of, of the human being and, and give your input in all of these dimensions. So we help coaches with that. And that's why we have a great partnership with Sport Ministry Globally. Cassie, we've talked a lot about the practical implementation on the big picture here, you know, the global stage. What about the mom who is sitting here watching this and her husband has abandoned her. Maybe that never was married to begin with. She has these children now and she's watching this and she's thinking, is there any hope for my kids? How in the world would this ever touch my kids? Would you speak to the single mother watching this? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, firstly, we've got to build uh, monuments for them, statues, and you know, and just honor them, crown them, crown them because they're fathering and mothering. And I don't know how you do both of that. I don't think God ever intended that. So, so I just want to honor them for what they're doing first. But, but secondly, is there's no other way in doing this than with relationships. Uh, we simply have to build relationships with our kids, uh, w- with us as well. I, I think we. We've isolated ourselves too much in this world. And I've talked with hundreds, if not thousands of mothers like that. And, and it all comes back to what, what is the ecosystem, if you want to call it, relational ecosystem? How many relations do you have? Because these kids must be exposed to different generations of relations. That is the grandfather, grandmother, for instance, or an old man and an old woman. And, but then also others, their peers, and etc. So the relations that you create around the child is more important than anything else. There's a research from Harvard that showed that all the top leaders of the world have at least five significant relations in their lives that mold that their, their lives and, and made it into what they are. While in, in places where people are not good in leadership, they, they are deprived of these relations. So relationship, relationship, relationship. Spend time, those, and not the superficial social relationships of I have so many people on Facebook, da, 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 da. No, that, that deep relationship where you spend life with people, life on life, is the future to secure your children. Get them into a community and that that community will also form their lives as much as you form their lives. Otherwise, I'm sorry, the weight will be too heavy for you to carry. Mm. I'm so glad that you are there. And yeah, I'm just thinking, Cassie, I don't know how you do it because uh, I go to the Philippines and, and I tr- fly around and there's all these world needs a father training and everybody knows you. 
It's like how are you, you're you're not God, but you seem to be at a lot of places at the same time, <laughs> or maybe you know it's just you're like omnipresent, and it's just awesome what you're doing. You know, I thought of a verse of scripture that it just really, um, on the one hand, it troubles me because it's not happening, but at the other, it, you know, just let me read it to you. You you know it well. It's Malachi chapter four verse six, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Seems like we might even have that curse here. But, Cussie, in the homes where there is a father, we really stand on this promise and ask for God to fulfill this. What about the homes where there is no father? How does this yeah. apply? Yeah, again, uh, we, we got to find that substitute male figure if, 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 if he is not at home. Uh, could be grandpa, could be uncle, could be neighbor, could be sport coach, could be someone at the church, someone in the cell group, and so on. And we got to reach out to that. Now, in this case, um, I think this speaks a lot to fathers <laughs> and say, listen, you've been ignorant, and that's why you think that you must just become the ATM, the provider for your mm -hmm. children, but you've got to turn your heart to your children. You got to. You have this job, and, and that takes me to Matthew chapter ten. You, you've got this job that you simply have to be the representative of God, and 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 that is so key. That's why honor your father and mother in the Old Testament. That why that was in Judaism. That was just so important because the father was the representation of God, and the way you honor and respect and obey your parents teaches you how to obey God. So if it says turn the heart of the children to the fathers, that is to turn children into a respectful, obedient relationship with an authoritative figure. That, that, that's key. And, and we, if, if we don't get that, then we're in trouble. Now, if mother wants to be the authoritative figure without the validation of someone, then she finds it very difficult. And that's why the person coming in to be that mentoring father, let's call him that, that mentoring father, he is there to validate the values of that household and to validate the discipline of the mother and, and to support her emotionally in this so that the children would feel, you know what, I haven't got a biological father, but I've got someone that actually acts as a father figure and I may possibly call him my father, the father that I grew up with one day. So I, I think we have a lot to do concerning that. Uh, but but it's, it's the first it speaks to fathers. How do you turn your heart to your children? Now, can I just say this to fathers and, and mothers? But um, because of this one book that said I was fathered by my mother. Uh, so let, let me just take it to the fathers. If you turn your heart to your children, then you will know what is needed for your children. And that's the first thing that we come across. We find huge ignorance that parents do not need what children, uh, do not know what children need every year of their lives. For instance, they don't know how to optimize their cognitive potential, for instance, by 15 to 30 hours per week intentional stimulating the brain of a child between two and four years. If you don't do it, I'm sorry, you will never optimize his cognitive potential. So that's just one. So, so that's why we break it down. You've got to know what, the, what you have to do every year of the life of your child. If you really love your child, you will know his needs. And that's why you need to go for the training so that you can know the needs of a child 
and father him properly. So that speaks to the fathers, it speaks to the children, but it obviously also speaks to the single parent households and say, please factor in the father figure to support you in the amazing work that you are doing. Well, Kasi, I would imagine that by this point of listening to your passion and the Lord's touch on your ministry, there's I'm praying anyway that there's people watching this that are going, you know what? I really need more information about this. I, I I would I see the need to run with this. The world needs a father where we are to address this. Would you be open to receiving uh, inquiries about that to help uh, start a group or whatever it is that, that is needed in their area? Sure. Please uh, just go to the website. You see the website uh, there and, um, and, and then connect with us and we'd gladly help you in whatever country you are. Even if you are in a country that we have not visited before, we have uh, people through the sport network actually covering the whole globe. All 200, actually at this stage, almost all the countries, 230 countries covered by the sport ministry. And then we tag along with them and we'll get, we'll get you, we'll find you and help you. What does it look like, Cussie? Somebody makes an inquiry, they go to the website, they uh, fill out their contact details. What what happens from there? Just I mean, you don't have to cover everything, but what's what's going to happen at that point? Now, my media guy, he checks this out. You know, everyone who connects, uh, communicates with us, and then he sends me the email. So then I send that email to the to that person uh, to the, that country, the coordinator of the country. So all of these hundred nations have coordinators. And I send it to coordinator of the country. In most of these countries, it's not a person. It's actually a coordinating team. Mm -hmm. And then we send it to the team, and the team will follow up and uh, contact you and invite you to trainings and connect you with With them. When I say with us, I'm talking with the movement because it's not about us here. It's about the movement across the world. Well, I can testify that it is truly a movement. I mean, everywhere I've gone... In these foreign countries, as I said before, everybody seems to know you, but they speak of the world needs a father and the trainings just go on. It's one of the most amazing things I have ever experienced in my life. And it's so much of a privilege to be on your coattails from time to time to see how God is using this. And so I would encourage those in my circle, um, you know, really consider this. This is a powerful global movement that God has raised up through through Kasi, and I'm honored to call him friend. And you know, today, for example, as you know, I'm going to be on a Zoom call with Brazil. They they're interested in translating my book, Digital Cocaine, into Portuguese. And just for what you've done for me, Kasi, we love you. So before we pray and close, the floor is still yours. Is there anything burning on your heart, Kasi, that I've overlooked that you need to you need to say? I, I just want to, and you're very gracious as you talk about me. I, I must tell my wife all the nice things that you say about me. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but you know, uh, a guy like you who's a specialist in a specific field is absolutely essential for the movement, for us. And that's why we glean so much from you. And, uh, I, and I'm using it everywhere because of what we encounter now with the social media. I mean, it is the social media has become the father of the children across the world. Now, the question is, has the social media fathered our children well? <laughs> if we could answer in the positive there, then I could relax and go and lie by the beach, you know, for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, the social media has not fathered our children really well. And, and that's why um, what you are doing is, is enormously important for us. And that's why we will always be partners on, on this, because your contribution towards the movement. Nowadays, sometimes while I'm training, 
you know, I'm stopped by the parents and say, how do I get my children off this, you know, addiction? And if they have been addicted, how do I get them recovered? And, and now I hear that you're writing a book on that. So that's absolutely brilliant. And, and, and so we cannot restore this world unless we do it shoulder by shoulder and, 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 and really work together and complement the work of each other so that we can achieve the objective of turning the curse on this world into a blessing from God. And this is, this is my dream that, that God's kingdom will come on earth. Heaven will come on earth. But then we got to turn away the curse into a blessing. And we know how to turn the curse into a blessing. And that is when, when we restore family life with God as the center. You restore family life without God as the center. Sorry. It will not turn it into a blessing. But you restore family life with God central to family life. Then we will turn the curse into a blessing. And thank you for being a partner in that. Uh. Listen, it's my privilege. When I gave you the floor, I didn't necessarily mean for you to, to talk about me, uh, but thank you for that. I do appreciate that. And, and anything that I can do to serve your movement um, and make a contribution, you know I will. So unless there's anything else, Kasi, what I'd like for you to do is, is close us in prayer. Your burden is for those uh, who are fatherless, and you have such wonderful training to address the various needs, whether there's an existing father in the home, whether there's not and how to get those substitutes in there. And I just want everybody to know about you. So let me put your web address up there one more time. The world needs a father.com. I've been putting it up there quite frequently because I want people to go to your website and check that out. The world needs a father.com. So Cussie, would you mind closing us in prayer? Let's do that. Okay. Father God, it is firstly so amazing that we can call you father. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and King. And thank you that, that you have demonstrated to us in your relationship with Jesus what a father is like. And thank you that Jesus demonstrated us what a son, a real son, is like. And, and, and Father, we, we pray that you will make us like Jesus, not only in his relationship with you, but in his complete selfless love for others, even for his enemies like we have been in our sinful nature, the love of Jesus. And I just pray that that love of Jesus will fill our hearts through the spirit of Christ so that we will live the love of Jesus in everything that we do. We absolutely believe that Jesus brought life to this world and we want to be part of that life. And that's why you got to fill us with that life so that we will be fathering like Jesus demonstrated in his life to our children and love our wives and love our children as Jesus loved us. Please, Lord, restore this world so that we can turn away from the curse into your blessing. Lord, help people to understand when you sent your son from heaven to earth, you sent heaven to earth so that we can have the keys to unlock heaven in our homes and beyond on earth. And let people understand that and, and walk in the footsteps of Jesus for that so that we can enjoy real life through Christ with each other in our homes, in our families, Lord. We trust you for this. Fill us with that spirit that will bring that life to our home. We ask this in Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, Cussie, uh, please extend my love to your family and staff there, if you don't mind. By the way, for those of you who maybe joined us late, Cussie is joining us from the exotic South Africa, and uh, we're so glad that you did. I have to tell you, Cussie, Beth and I would get on a plane right now if if the doors were to open. And I, oh, I cannot wait to get back. We miss we miss you. We miss the folks there so much. But thank you. Will you come back and join us again sometime, Cussie? Anytime. All right. The web address for Cussie, again, is theworldneedsoffather.com. Please share this uh, on your respective websites. So, Cussie, we'll, uh, again, thank you for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here at Brad Huddleston Ministries for this podcast. So if you need to get in touch with me, we'd be glad to serve you in any way that we possibly can. Just go to bradhuddleston.com, hit that contact button right up at the top of the website if you'd like to get a message to me or to Cussie if you can't remember his web address, and we'll be glad to get a message on to him or to pray for your prayer requests or anything else that we can do. So God bless you guys. We love you, and we will talk to you real soon.